Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandysfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. This week, my guests are Lacey Norton and Elizabeth Davey, the founders of the Vancouver-based brand Curse, a performance-based bodywear line that's been designed for women's movement. The name HERS, H-I-R-S-S, was chosen because it represents the fluidity of gender associated with being a woman in modern times, a combination of hers and his. The brand offers designs that bridge the gap between sport and lingerie, and rather than focusing on making women feel objectified when wearing their pieces, as is the case with many brands of undergarment, they aim to create pieces that make women feel strong and self-confident. Hers are committed to offering options for a variety of sizes and body shapes. Here is my conversation with Lacey and Elizabeth. Elizabeth and Lacey, it is so nice to welcome you to The Brand is Female today. I'm so glad you could make time to chat with me today. Thank you so much for having us. Hi, yeah, we're really excited to, uh, to be in conversation with you today. And because there's two of you and we want to make sure our guests can uh, can know who is speaking throughout the interview, uh, I'll just have you introduce yourself and maybe say a few words about your role with the company now. So Elizabeth, let's start with you. Great. Yeah. So Lacey and I are both co-founders. Um, my background is design. And so I really focus on the product and design and innovation material sourcing that, that element of of hers. Wonderful. And Lacey? Yeah, this is Lacey. Um, yeah, co-founder of hers with, with Elizabeth. And uh, my background's really been rooted in, in the world of retail. And, and at this stage, you know, really focusing in on um, our consumer strategy, our brand strategy, and, and how we're bringing uh, the brand to life um, through both marketing and uh, social awareness. Wonderful. And I'm excited to dive in and, you know, hear about all about the brand. But first, I'm going to ask you to go back in time a little bit. I like to start these conversations that way and ask you growing up as young girls, what did you imagine in terms of a future career for yourselves? And maybe we'll go to Elizabeth first. Yeah, I definitely have a lot of memories as a young as a young person and even growing up, loving clothing, loving shoes, loving accessories and loving ways to express myself in that, in that way. And, um, I found myself with a bit of a habit in high school. Once I got my first job buying shoes, every paycheck, and there was a <laughs> store here in Vancouver that had a really great layaway plan that would allow me to either buy shoes or put shoes on layaway and, and put payments on them. And so I amassed a huge collection of shoes by the time I graduated. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, with my career in life, but I knew that I loved those things. And somebody in my neighborhood, a neighbor of mine mentioned that she discovered a shoe design school and that just seemed to make perfect sense. So that was um, 
my goal after I learned about it in grade 12. And, and I started to really work towards attending that school in, in the UK. That's wonderful. And that's, that sounds so fun. And Lacey, what about you? Yeah. I mean, um, similarly at a really young age, I, I, I don't really have this, like Chris didn't never had a crystal vision of, of what I wanted to do, but I certainly grew up with a, with a mother who, you know, supported and shared apparel as a form of expression. I have, I have very fond memories of going to fabric land with my mom and picking out patterns and she would make dresses for me. And, uh, and my father was a, was a retired professional athlete. So, you know, this, this concept of, of movement and athletics, you know, was something that I grew up with and, and has always been a part of my life. Um, but it really wasn't until, you know, university and, you know, trying to figure out what, what does the future look like, uh, in business school that I, that I got introduced to, you know, the concept of purpose-driven businesses and businesses that existed, uh, for, for reasons, uh, beyond profit that I really Mm. started to see the pieces, uh, coming together in terms of, you know, my influences as a young child and, and what I was being exposed to in post-secondary education. And, uh, and I've been really fortunate throughout, you know, my career to have had the opportunity to blend those three things on, on quite a regular occurrence. And, and, you know, upon reflection and looking at where we're at with hers, it certainly is, you know, um, the coming to life of, of many of both my influences growing up and throughout my career and, and many of Elizabeth's as well, where, where we're looking at movement and design and mm-hmm. really creating something that has, that is purpose that is greater than, than just profit. And I'm really excited to hear about, you, you know, the how and why behind the brand. And you've just made reference to it. Um, and prior to becoming entrepreneurs, I mean, you've both had careers, uh, you know, before launching your your brand, hers. Um, what? How, how did you make decisions at that time? What was, uh, you know, what was kind of your path in terms of choosing what you wanted to do? And what was that experience like before you got to making that shift and starting your own business? Whoever wants to go first. Yeah, maybe I'll start and then I'm sure Lacey, you'll be able to chime in. Um, We both had the opportunity to work in technical apparel and really learn the beauty of function and form and how they come together Mm. and the importance of, you know, one with the other. And you know, as we, Lacey has a long history with it and, um, we met together at one of our, one of our past workplaces and it just really seemed to make sense in terms of, you know, the intimate space and body wear. And we both really love design and innovation and bringing that together with technical garments just seemed to make sense given where the intimate space was and heavily being dominated by Victoria's Secret and mm. those types of brands that had this very specific um, male-centered focus and yeah. um, 
definitely a focus on reshaping women's bodies and and showing us what we are supposed to be versus celebrating who we are. And we really saw a gap. And what we wanted to do is take all of our knowledge collectively from working in technical apparel and 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 distill that down into intimates, body wear, and beautiful underwear for women. And so we sort of started to put the pieces together at that point. And, you know, hers is really more than just body wear, but really it's coming to life through body wear right now. And our goal is to make sure that women, it's to support women to feel good in their bodies and be confident in who they are. And then that shows up Mm -hmm. for us through beautiful underwear that's functional, that they can wear all day long, that doesn't bother them, doesn't have, you know, boning or underwires that they have to readjust through the day. Um, We've done our best to eliminate all clasps and accessories so that it really goes onto your body and, and feels great and disappears so that you can focus on the rest of your day. Mm, that's I love that. And I love that you bring up the fact that uh, lingerie is like many categories of women's apparel, uh, you know, seems to be dictated by male executives who make decisions for, uh, for, for what we wear. Uh, so that that's so interesting. And I'm curious to know as uh, you know, women executives and, and now as entrepreneurs and in, in the first part of your career, um, what was your experience in trying to be that voice for women? And it sounds like, uh, you know, advocating for design that would be uh, geared towards women and, and kind of, you know, making decisions based on women's true needs, specifically something that you've been passionate about. So how has that been a reality in your life and what kind of feedback uh, have you been getting? And I'm interested in, you know, previous career or now even with hers. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've been fortunate and, and I think Elizabeth has as well in, in working for very female centric, female fo- focused organizations for the most part of our career, um, where, you know, the female was the center, um, of attention, and creating really great products for the female body and the female form. Um, Mm -hmm. But certainly, you know, in terms of how that has come to life uh, for Elizabeth and I with hers is, is it really is truly the catalyst of everything that we're doing and, and the female centricity of, of what we're creating with hers is something that we look to bring to life in every aspect of the business. So obviously first and foremost with the product and ensuring that we are designing products as, as two women for women and wanting to create the, the best products possible uh, for the female body, uh, but also in every aspect of how we're building the business. Uh, we have a very focused effort to collaborate and work with female experts in, in all uh, industries to to partner and collaborate and bringing the brand to life. So, um, yeah, it's it's been I I've been fortunate. There's certainly been situations where male voices have dominated um, decisions that maybe would be better served with a female voice. But I think that that is 
the reality of the world in which we live. And it's really one of the the key caveats of what we're looking to to shift with with hers. So not only through our products, but really through how we are building the business and who we're choosing to partner and work with. Mm. Yeah, that's that's so fantastic. And kudos for for doing that. And so I want to go back a little bit and talk about, you know, you the two of you met and and you uh, clearly brainstorm about, you know, what what kind of business you wanted to create. So um, tell me about those first few steps that you took to create a brand. And we know in lingerie, you made reference to big players like Victoria's Secret. You know, the, the industry has been dominated uh, at least in the, over the past you know, a few decades by large groups that uh, that manufacture most of the lingerie we consume as women. And lately there's been, uh, you know, new brands, up and coming brands coming out with uh, kind of alternatives to, you know, the the, the mainstream players. Uh, but I want to hear about your first and the first few steps you took and what was that experience like? Yeah, that's a great question. Um Lots and lots of conversation <laughs> starting. <laughs> um, we we really knew that the importance, just to piggyback on what Lacey was just talking about, the importance of of the female voice and ensuring that this this brand hers is a bigger platform, and so we really started to think about what were the things that meant something to us and what was really important to us in a, in a bigger scope than just say our bra or, or our body wear or our underwear. And, and then mm-hmm. how do we step into that and start? Um, Lacey, what would you add to that? I, I mean, in it's very like distilled form and the earliest stages of conversations, you know, we were having in terms of scanning the landscape and, and looking at where we wanted to, to focus our efforts and, and with the desire to create change through business, um, in its very basic format, we were both seeing like a, a personal gap in the intimate space and products that we felt were, serving the needs that we had. And, and it, it certainly comes through and, re- and, and is, is reflected in, in the products that we create. But, you know, so much of what we were finding was product that didn't feel great on our bodies, um, mm-hmm. both from a performance perspective where there was, you know, just a lot of boning and wires and clasps and tags. Um, but it also wasn't necessarily representing what womanhood or femininity uh, looked like for both Elizabeth and I. And, and it was through the conversations between Elizabeth and I that then began to cascade out to, you know, both friends and family, we began to realize that it wasn't just necessarily a gap that the two of us were experiencing, but Mm -hmm. there was certainly an opportunity within the industry to, you know, bring innovation and our experience with performance wear into a space that really hadn't been reinvented uh, for quite some time uh, and also layer in reinventing how the female form is being 
being gazed upon and, and representing the female form in a way that was through the female gaze as opposed to the male gaze. Um, so it was, it was a lot of conversation, but it really distilled down to where is there a gap in the market? And we just, we saw a need both personally that we quickly realized was, was an opportunity that was much greater, uh, than something the two of us were experiencing. Hmm. Anything to add, uh, um, you know, I think Lacey touched on a little bit of reaching out to our our friends and our family. We also mm-hmm. conducted these really interesting focus groups and talked, you know, about all all sorts of aspects that work, you know, for women in terms of like body, sexuality, underwear, and um, it it was really this this blend of. Uh, as Lacey mentioned, our personal opinion and our personal desire to find something that wasn't happening or occurring or available to us. And then also hearing from all sorts of women, all, all types of women that what they weren't finding and what they wanted. And, um, I think it was really, um, an organic process in Mm -hmm. initially, and it just started to roll forward and, um, you know, with this, with this underlying piece of always shifting the focus back to women and it being more than just underwear. And at the end of the day, what are, what's our goal is we want to feel good. We don't want to feel like we're being told to look differently or, or look better or, um, and, and that was, that was a really big, um, moment for us of saying like, yeah, this is, this is how we want to feel. We want to feel celebrated. We don't want to feel shamed. And, Mm -hmm. and we heard that from women across the board that these places didn't make sense to them, that they didn't connect with them. They didn't want to go and purchase their clothing in these specific types of retail locations Mm -hmm. because it just didn't make sense. What was the most difficult thing when you, you know, it was the decision was made, start the brand and you, you both have experience in, in retail, um, but, you know, starting a brand, sourcing suppliers, working on the the sales and marketing strategy. What's one thing that maybe was a a bigger challenge that you you would have expected? Lacey, you want to? Well, (laughs) yeah, happy to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, for any business that is starting, um, establishing relationships with key partners, mm-hmm. while um, while while we certainly both had experience in the industry, um, they're they're taking a chance and taking a risk on something new, and in the world of apparel, uh, typically and, and in other industries, certainly, you know, being able to work with a factory. Um, that was able to accommodate minimums of a small business uh, while also being able to find a factory that is able to provide the, the technical expertise that we needed for the production of our, of our product mm. was certainly um, an area that uh, Elizabeth spent a lot of time researching and engaging uh, to be able to find us a partner that we felt really great about. Um, 
you know, we're, we also made the decision really early on that at least for the foundational stage of the business that we were going to self-fund. Um, and, and, and that is, that is always a challenge because, uh, unless you have like a ton of money to be able to self-fund, but, you know, between the two of us self-funding, you know, where we put every single dollar counts and, Mm. you know, we knew we wanted to invest in product first and foremost and have product that, that really performed. And then from there looking at, okay, so where do the rest of the dollars go to, you know, bring the brand to life in a way that, that truly represents, you know, the vision that we have to create for the future. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and finding the partners who, you know, were willing to work with us in those areas of the business as well, because we certainly weren't able to come to the table with, you know, huge budgets um, right out of the gate. And so, you know, we had a lot of great people who jumped in to support us very early on to help us bring, bring hers to life because, they were equally as excited about the vision that we were creating and, and saw a need um, for the product and, and the brand to come to life. Mm, that's wonderful. Elizabeth, anything you want to add? No, I think you summed it up really well, Lacey. Um, there's so many challenges that, um, you know, they're endless, but it's also like the fun part of problem solving through being a business owner. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance to give to women in business. Who were or who still are today uh, role models for you? And I'm interested in if there are women specifically, but obviously it could be any any gender. Uh, I'm interested to know who's 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 an inspiration to you. Yeah, you know, we both, you know, we we come from, you know, great families, and I would say I'm surrounded by women in my family. I have three sisters, and my mom's mm-hmm. a pretty strong force, and so they're definitely inspiring and role models. They continue to inspire me, and. And what I, and even with my dad as well, like what was really a huge, um, opportunity for me was just their, un their unwavering support of me, no matter what my crazy ideas were. So I think that's a huge, you know, opportunity to really have that family behind you. But for hers, you know, we are really working to build a a community of women, whether it's, you know, through the partnerships or the collaborations that we run or just through the women who, you know, identify with the underwear we're selling and the body where we're creating. Um, it's really those women that inspire me on a day-to-day basis to create products that work for them and come back to what our needs are and how we want to feel. And I actually got this email 
very early on after we had launched. And this woman was so honest and so um, heartfelt. And she reached out to us and told us how wonderful our products made her feel and that she had um, completely shifted her sense of sensuality, self and, and, and being naked in her, Mm. in her own body and, and just how, how, how much of a perspective shift our products had given her. And, um, it actually made me cry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It made me cry. And I had sent it to Lacey and I was just so, um, it, it gave me that absolute confidence that we're doing something right. We've connected the right pieces and, and we're on the right path. And that is incredibly inspiring for me, um, to keep going. Cause you mm. never know sometimes, and you actually often don't hear the good stuff, um, being in the world of design and apparel, you often hear what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You often hear what's broken and what's, you know, digging in and, and the fabrics failing, or this isn't working. And to get those reinforcing emails is, is incredible. Mm. You've mentioned earlier in the in the conversation, uh, you know, that this was very much a business built on purpose and you know, purpose before profit. Um, how how are you incorporating that? I mean, obviously, there is the mission of um, you know underwear that that meets the needs of women, and that is not uh, uh, designed just through the lens of uh, you know what a what a male executive decides should go on a, on a woman's body. But um, what are other ways that you bring purpose into uh, into hers? Yeah, it's a great question, and and I, I, every single decision that we make is is driven through. Uh, how are we elevating um, not only the the perception of women, but women around us? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, very early on um, through partnerships and collaborations with, with incredible women in our community has always been, you know, a key driver and, and how can we leverage hers as a platform to showcase some of the amazing, uh, work and female leadership that, uh, that is growing and developing. Mm -hmm. And, um, most recently, you know, looking at opportunities where we can support, uh, organizations that we align with, um, either through fundraisers or purchase by donation, um, has been an area that we're continuing to explore. Um, but, you know, ultimately everything that we do is, is centered and focused on, are we elevating the female and, and how can we continue to support? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Elizabeth, do you have anything that you would like to add? No, I think, you know, it's all about what you said, elevating the female and ensuring that that voice is heard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's a wonderful goal to have. Um, I want to bring up, so I think it's interesting, and we're having this conversation a few days before Valentine's Day, and traditionally there is the, you know, the association of lingerie and, and the concept of sexy, right? And there's, uh, um, it's kind of that 
Um, it's something that I think for, for men, for women, both, and regardless of sexual orientation and gender, uh, lingerie conveys that, that meaning and that concept. How do you reconcile, um, you know, creating, uh, creating lingerie that is again, not just, uh, lingerie as viewed through the, the eyes of a, of a, of a, of a man, uh, and what they'd like to see a, a woman wear, um, but how, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking kind of a deeper question too, as women, how can we reconcile, you know, that image of sexiness that we associate with lingerie, but with the type of garments that we are more happy to be wearing on a daily basis, right? And a lot of what is considered that sexy lingerie out there is not something that's necessarily comfortable or something that necessarily a woman would choose to wear outside of, you know, when she has that goal of looking a certain way and looking desirable to, uh, let's assume, a, a straight man's eyes or, or even another woman's eyes. So I, all this to say, I'm interested to hear you on the topic of, you know, reconciling the concept of, of sexiness with lingerie that is actually what women choose to wear. I love this question. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's a good one. Uh, and, you know, I, I would say, you know, for both Elizabeth and I, but I'll let her answer as well is, you know, sexiness really comes from confidence, no matter, no matter what you mm -hmm. put on your body. I think it's hard to feel sexy or be sexy when, when you're lacking a sense of confidence and, and confidence really comes from this place of feeling amazing in your body. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I think we've been fed this image of what sexiness is for so long. Um, and, and back to a point that, you know, we were discussing earlier on in the, in the conversation where, you know, the lingerie industry for so long has been dominated by male gaze and male perspective, um, that we're now beginning to see new, new images of, of what sexy is. Um, but, but ultimately for me, you know, sexiness comes at any age. I think some of the sexiest women that I know are, are older women who are so confident and comfortable in their own skin and they carry themselves with such a force, um, that, that you, you can't, um, avoid being attracted to them. Like they just mm -hmm. carry an energy to them. And, you know, that is what I would love women to begin to feel is really confident and comfortable in their own skin, because truly at the end of the day, the energy and, um, what you exude in those moments truly is the sexiest a woman can be from my perspective. Mm, well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the it's such a great question because um we we are always sort of in this confrontation of of what the world has depicted and what we're what we truly believe is, you know, sexuality or beauty or um you know, any of those things. And so it's such a it's such a funny thing that we've that we continually bump into. And I've even had feedback from friends that maybe don't share our opinion that, you know, they, they have 
some some differing opinions of of how we've chosen our models or how we've chosen mm. to um, shoot the models in terms of movement and and I think it's definitely it's it's a it's a different perspective than what people are used to seeing and and it definitely is irksome at times mm-hmm. um, but you know in terms of you know what's sexy what's beautiful um i sort of go back to the those three things coming together and and so at the very beginning of the design of the product it was really important that it look beautiful um you know it's one thing to say that you want to put something on your body that that feels comfortable and it's and or functions and supports you but there's a lot of products out there that that do that Um, and then, like we said, there's a lot of products that look really pretty, but they don't necessarily function. And so I think, I think building in those layers of, of, of beauty are, are what, um, we believe is that, is that blend. Um, so we're taking those sheer fabrics that are typically not found in sports lingerie or sports underwear, and we're using them in styles that still give you that comfort and that support that you feel really good in, but they have this attached beauty um, where mm. you see the body through them and and the body is really intended to show through versus the garment. And I think that's also a big part of how we want, um, we want to create hers to support the woman's body, not to overtake it. So we want her to show through, not the garments. And mm-hmm. so part of the sheerness is, is allowing her body to come through part of the way it's been built where her body isn't reconstructed into different shapes and pushed up and sucked in. All of that goes back to she is what's beautiful and the garments are just there to enhance, not change. Mm, mm -hmm. Love that. I also want to ask you as two women uh, at the helm of the brand, uh, what's your definition of leadership? And do you feel that as women, you're bringing something unique to the role you play, um, you know, leading a brand, leading a team overall? Whoever well, wants to go first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, definition of leadership is, I mean, at this stage, you know, for us or for me personally, um, it's it's really establishing um, an unwavering vision for for what hers is because so much of the concept is is in its infancy stage. Um, and you know, there's so much that we're building at this, at this point in time, but as a female, I mean, in leadership, there's, there's no denying that, that women, I think quite often lead differently than men. Um, there's, you know, in some cases, I certainly don't want to stereotype because there's all types of leaders across all types of genders, Um, but an emotional intelligence, um, that can be brought into, to the fold. But at this stage, you know, leadership for us is, um, really a lot of partnership and collaboration 
and providing the space in bringing people into the team and onto the team uh, that have expertise and giving them the opportunity to support and bringing uh, what they have uh, to the forefront of hers and, and, and building into the vision that we're creating. Um, I think that, that that's really where, where it's at for, for me at this stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, leadership is definitely not a top down concept necessarily. And mm-hmm. I think it's really about collaboration and letting great people or working with great people to bring together so many different perspectives that, you know, end up creating a a beautiful end result. Um, So we've had the opportunity to really work with wonderful women so far, and we'll continue to do that. And, um, you know, even just working back and forth between Lacey and I, we're, you know, we're always collaborating, always sharing ideas. And, and it's, that's, I think that's where we're, where I'm finding the most leadership. Mm, Great answers. What would be, you know, if you had to provide advice to uh, young entrepreneurs, maybe women thinking about starting their own business and uh, maybe even specifically in, in women's apparel, uh, what would your what would your tips be for for those women? Do lots of research. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> what do you think, Lace? <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly a lot of research, and you really have to believe in yourself because, especially in the early days, um, you know, there there's there's not when a concept is new, people are just coming on board. Uh, you really have to have strong belief in yourself and your concept because there's certainly going to be people who question what you're doing. And, you know, I think that's been one of the beautiful, you know, aspects of hers is, is a partnership that I have with Elizabeth. And, you know, when, when we are questioning or if we are feeling doubt, we, we have one another to circle back to, which has been, you know, the greatest support of all in, in starting a concept. So, you know, if you're, if you're going in on your own, certainly, you know, develop that unwavering belief in yourself. And, and if you're going in with someone else, find yourself a great partner who, who shares similar values and and has the same vision as you, because, um, man, I mean, that has been the best part of hers and, and something that, you know, I, I'm certainly grateful for is, is Elizabeth's support throughout the entire journey. Mm, wonderful. I love hearing that. And in closing, or actually se- second to last question, um, what's on what's on the table for this year? What are you looking forward to building with hers in coming months? We have a really um, exciting program called the Embodied Series uh, that Lacey really is the starter and creator of. Um, we have some new embodied sessions coming up. Lacey, maybe you want to speak to them a bit because I think it's really exciting for the new year. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the embodied series is, you know, um, a, a series that, uh, 
we've created as as a collaborative series of sessions and working with female leaders in a variety of of backgrounds, but that really focuses on on both mind and and body. Um, and we have an upcoming session uh, in light of you know entering into this new year. Um, on February 24th with an incredible leader uh, named Jackie Carr. Uh, and it's a embodied goal session that we're going to be hosting that's really centered on supporting women in creating a vision and some meaningful goals for themselves um, to develop, you know, a future vision for themselves that is uniquely their own. Um, so that's, that's up in terms of, you know, some of the community activations that we're going to have uh, in the next little while. And uh, we also have some some new product developments uh, coming out this year that Elizabeth has been working um, closely with that, that I am certainly very excited about, but um, that there's, there's more to come on that front for sure. Yeah, we have lots of products in the pipeline and um, another big piece of what we're working on. And it's not a quick um, turnkey thing, but is uh, we're really redeveloping or, or developing a, a perspective on how we see sustainability showing up in our business. And so we've been working really closely mm. with somebody who's... Um, connecting some of the dots for us and we have some new raw materials in the on the horizon that we're working through and um some new styles so those are really exciting things and that's where you know we really get to see the innovation show up that does sound very exciting and my last and my favorite question to ask uh, everyone on this show is what do you wish women would do more of and what do you wish they would do less of so maybe we'll go with elizabeth first so i would wish that women would do i'm going to say do more of and mm -hmm. just do more of them, whether that's finding the time for themselves, whether that's um, putting aside the housework, whether that's um, to allow yourself the time to get your run in or um, get your workout in or go for a walk or, or take the dog out or, you know, obviously my life is, is, you know, home centered. I have a kid and a dog. Um, and you know, asking for help in order to get those pieces in your life met. Um, I think that's really important. And, um, a lot of, a lot of things around typical, um, typical households tend to fall to women. And, um, mm -hmm. I watched my own mom, you know, really focus on what she had to do first was a lot of the, you know, the chores, the, taking care of us, taking care of, you know, the world around her versus taking care of her. And, um, I think it's something that I really work to find a little bit of balance with. Mm. Mm -hmm. And Lacey. And yeah, I mean, I, I would, I, I guess I can answer both in, in sort of one go is, you know, for women to focus less on, on how they look in 
externally and focus more on how they're feeling internally. Um, because really when, when we do feel at home in our bodies, we, we really open up the space for us to, to lead lives that are uniquely our own and, and have that confidence. And, and so, you know, it's, it's certainly a tough one because we, we are in a very, we're in a society that, that certainly puts a lot of pressure on how women look. But I think if we can shift that focus into how we're feeling, um, by doing things like Elizabeth was sharing, creating, you know, some more space for ourselves, um, you know, it creates a lot of, a lot of opportunity for women to, to really blossom and, and become expressions of themselves. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Loved both of your answers to those questions. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth and Lacey. It was wonderful to get to know you, the story behind the brand. Um, looking forward to uh, seeing what you what you do next and where, where you take her. So we'll we'll link up to your website and social media for anybody who's interested in checking out the brand. And thank you so much for speaking with me today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having us and for all the thoughtful questions. It's, it's really been such a pleasure um, getting to connect. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ava. It was wonderful. My pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Marketing and digital growth, Kayla Gillis. And partnerships, Natalie Hope. Yeah.